Okay. Good to be here. Glad to have everybody here with us. I think we got everybody who's not at work or school. Thank the Lord. Good. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Turn your Bibles, if you would. I want to read in 2 Corinthians to start. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Somebody remind me. I need to, uh, after the sermon, before we close in prayer, I got some things I got to tell you um, <clears throat> before we close. I don't have them written down. I should have written them down. Somebody let me know. <clears throat> uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're studying the church covenant. I forgot to grab the pointer stick. Uh, what? No, no, I'm good. We're noting here the second paragraph that we are engaged by the aid of the Holy Spirit uh, to contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, and the spread of the gospel through all nations. So that's what we're noting here. This is the two lesson, lesson eight and lesson nine. And this is, uh, if you don't have a copy, take a picture of this. Uh, We're in that generation on your phone. You just take a picture of your phone. Um, If not, you can do what I did when I was a kid. I sat in front of it and wrote it out. But... We engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit. That's the first part of that paragraph. It takes the aid of the Holy Spirit to pay your tithes and give an offering. We forget that sometimes. Sometimes it's just part of going through the motions. Um, we, uh, the church, my father pastors, when, uh, originally they had a tithes and offering plates, had ushers, then they switched to a box, had it up front on the Lord's Supper table, and during the last hymn, Before the preaching, you would bring it forward and put it in the box. I prefer that. And 
it's not because that's how my dad did it. I prefer that because it's more a part of the service. Some people say, well, it's showy and it makes people feel bad if they don't have something. You're giving unto the Lord. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with having a box uh, bolted to the back wall. I don't have a problem with that. I said it's a preference. I prefer that. I prefer it because it's a part, it's more a part of the service. Instead of just walking in the back door and just putting the check in. One of the things that giving your tithes and offerings does is it evidences that Jesus Christ is alive. That he rose from the dead. Nobody gives money to dead people. Nobody does. And so we, we evidence he, that he's raised from the dead by giving him a tithe, 10%, and then an offering. It's part of our worship. You know, bringing it unto him and then giving it to him. So I want to read here 2 Corinthians chapter 8 before I forget that I didn't read it. That's how it's going this week. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit or to know of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord, and unto us by the will of God, insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. So right here you'll notice it takes the grace of God to do these things. And what is grace? We spent several months in the life of Abraham. It is that supernatural power of God that enables us to do the will of God. That's what it is. That here is that thing that God would have us to do that is contrary to human wisdom, human knowledge, human reason, human ability... And yet, it's that supernatural, even human power, God gives us ability to do it. Like a widow casting in her two mites. All that she had. Like a church who is in, as the Bible says, deep poverty, yet the Bible says they gave liberally beyond their ability. Beyond their power. Okay, verse 7. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love to us, 
see that ye abound in this grace also. So Paul says, look, church at Corinth, you abound in these gifts. Verse 7, you abound in everything. You abound in faith. You abound in utterance. You abound in knowledge. Remember, those are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? You abound in uh, knowledge and diligence and in your love to us. See also that ye abound in this grace also. Maybe they were having problems in their giving, tithing and offering. Some churches have that problem. Some people, church members have that problem. Some ministers and pastors have that problem. Verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. So Paul is here writing, he says, I'm talking about how much you love the Lord. To prove the sincerity of your love. Scripture tells us this proves the sincerity of your love. Remember, Jesus taught us you cannot have two masters for either you will love the one and hate the other. And what was the example he gave? You cannot love God and mammon or money. That was the example he gave. Interesting, isn't it? Verse 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know it. You know it. You that are saved and members of the Bible Baptist Church, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know it experimentally. And those of you online, I apologize. Our, our equipment is not charged. It may die any moment. We're recording on Sermon Audio. We'll upload it as soon as we can. But verse 9, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that ye through His poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago, now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased and ye be burdened, but by an equality, that now at this time your abundance, he says, church at Corinth, you have an abundance. And he goes on and he says, may be a supply for their want. Your abundance will be a supply for the want of the churches over here, that they may do the Lord's work. That it may be a supply for the, uh, the support of the ministry, the expenses of the church, the relief of the poor, 
and the spread of the gospel through all nations. Your abundance. May also, uh, he said, for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, and then he references to Exodus 16, 18, which we are well familiar with as we're studying about manna, the type of Christ. He references Exodus 16, 18, He that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. So he literally says, listen, church at Corinth, you've got an abundance, it'll be for their lack. And when they have an abundance, it'll be for your lack. That there will be equality. You know how it's going to happen? God's going to burden hearts. He's going to burden pastors. Pastors are going to come in and lead churches and say, churches, we need to move here. The Lord's leading here. The Lord's laid on our hearts to do this. We need to support this work. Here's what they believe. Here's what they practice. Here's their needs. I've found this man to be faithful. Here's where we need to go. Churches need to follow leadership of the Lord. And that's what this is for. So we have engaged. We have engaged to sustain, to support these things with the help of the Holy Spirit. These things are not for carnal men. Carnal men will not do well here. Carnal men will fear and tremble just like King Saul and all his army before Goliath. I want to look at some words here in our church covenant. These are biblical words, biblical application. I want to look at the word contribute. The word contribute means to give a part or to lend a portion to give for a common purpose. That's what it says there. It says, we engage therefore by the aid of the Holy Spirit to contribute. To give for a common purpose. That's why when our our tithe and offering, it, it goes into the offering plate or the offering box, It loses your own identity. It's not yours. It's the Lord's. And the church has the authority of what happens to it. If you believe that the church ought to do something and then you bring it up for the business and say, well, the Lord's laying on my heart to do this and then it gets motioned and second and voted on. And if you think the church ought to do it and it gets voted against, pray about it some more. Bring it up again later. Maybe you didn't understand the Holy Spirit's leadership. Or maybe you like David. It's good that it's in your heart, but not right now. 
Solomon's the one who's going to build the temple, not you, David. It's good that it's in your heart, but God's going to do this through somebody else. But contribute. How about the word cheerfully? We engage, therefore, by the aid of the Holy Spirit to contribute cheerfully. I tell you what, some folks, it's like prying things out of their cold, dead hands. Cheerfully. The word cheerfully, the by, or Webster's 1820 Dictionary says, a shout of joy to rejoice. Now, and I've never done this, but you ever shouted or rejoiced when you put your money into the tithe and offering box? I mean, shouted. No, I, I never heard anybody do that. We ought to. It's a part of worship. We act like it's it's a bill from Tico. That's how we act, don't we? Like we just got the highest month's bill of the of the month from T, or the year from Tico. Oh, gotta pay my tithe and offering. That's how sometimes we act, isn't it? That's the attitude of many people. The word cheerfully comes to us in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. I believe this is where uh, the writers of the, of the uh, uh, church covenant I believe this is where they take it from where it says Every man, or verse 6, let's read as well. But I say, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And I'm sure you've heard this umpteen times. Word cheerful there in the Greek is uh, where we get our word hilarious from. But that's what it is. To praise. A shout of joy. Okay, now the word regularly. Regularly. And the word regularly means in a manner according to a rule or established mode. Well, where... Where, where did we get our established mode from? From God and His Word. Look over in 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16, I was a kid, and we, uh, Dad had gone down to Texas to get authority to start a new work. And we was in the process of finding a place to meet. And we was uh, told 
by uh, a, a principal or the su a superintendent at the time to come before the school board and say about using the, the library at the grade school uh, to meet in on Wednesday or uh, Sundays for Sunday services. Well, the school board met Wednesday night. And uh, Timothy John was saved and a member of the church. And Jesse was saved and a member of the church. But he wasn't, uh, none, nobody was called to preach except dad. So dad and mom had gone up to the school board. And so we was there and the grandmas were there, I think. And, and, and dad and mom was at the school board. Well, we was just singing. Timmy John just kept leading in the singing. And the front door rang. And I went to get the front door and I opened it up and oh, I might have been between Jameson and Emma's age and it was my aunt and uncle they got there they was late uh, that, that was their mode they was usually late and I said oh you're here on Lucky Wednesday I called it Lucky Wednesday because you didn't take up tithes and offerings on Wednesday and uh Well, why don't we take up tithes and offerings on Wednesday? Well, I can hear in 1 Corinthians 16. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come on the first day of the week regularly on the first day of the week so you bring your tithes and offerings every Sunday every Sunday the Lord prosper you bring it one fella said well I gotta wait to see what the preacher preaches before I put it in regularly they used to charge pew rent, they called it. In some churches, that was you'd pay to sit in different where you wanted, and the closer you sat, the more they charged. That was how things were done. Baptist churches, nobody ever sits in the front row. So Alright, well let's keep looking here. The word contribute, that is what we are to do. We, what are we to do? We are to give for a common purpose. We are to give our tithes and offerings. Well, let's look over, if you would, we just read here. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you, nobody's exempt, let every one of you, Nobody's exempt, are they? Every single member of the church is responsible for this duty because we've all entered into covenant with one another. We've been led by God by the, and by the Spirit of, of, of Christ to do this.
We had one lady, she worked at Walmart, the church would call. I didn't know about this till after after she got disciplined for something else. But she worked at Walmart and the church paid her $150 a month to clean the church building, which whatever. She didn't even give enough to tithe off the cleaning of the church. A month. I said, that's a shame. I'll be down stealing from God. That's what it is. Stealing from God. People aren't going to get away with it. Look over in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Again, what are we to do? We are to we are to give the Lord tithe and offering. Proverbs 3. We're to give it to the Lord first. I know here we have this thing, you know, you get your taxes pulled out, right? You get your 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 income tax taken out of your check. You know, you get your pay stub and all these things come out. You know, if you work a place, they do retirement, they pull out your insurance, all these things, right? Now, God gets paid first. I know a lot of people say, oh, I, couldn't, I can't afford it. I've got groceries and they'll, they'll maybe tithe over what's left over. And then they wonder why they never have or they never can get, they can't get ever get by. I've talked to people that, oh, we need help. Well, you're poor because you don't do the Lord. Proverbs 3, notice what it says, verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with what? With the first fruits. Of all thine increase. What Paul say. As the Lord hath prospered you. Let every one of you. So as the Lord prospered you. In this past week. Now it's the Lord's day. And you got paid. You go from your gross amount. Not your net. Well they pulled out my taxes. Well. I'll be thankful you don't live in... You know, we lived in Michigan. They pulled out state taxes. Thankfully, you don't live in New York. They pull out a lot more taxes. But he says here, Honor me with thy first fruits of all thine increase. Of all thine increase. Not just some of it. And then look, verse 10. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Look, if you would, another passage of Scripture here. I'd like you to notice in Malachi, I know we're familiar with these, Malachi chapter 3. 
And we've covenanted together with this. And these are things that have to be taught. See, my kids got to know these things. The Lord saves them, adds them to the work. Your kids, your grandchildren, the Lord saves and adds them to the work. And I, I'm not bragging. When I was a little kid, my father, he'd put, he'd put some change and he stacked it up and he'd write a little note with our names on it. And that was on the table. That was our tithes and offerings. And he, had, he was a missionary at a mission work in Lapeer, Michigan for when I was a little kid, maybe uh, Nathaniel's age. And we used to take our tithes and offerings and, and you know they were coins, right? And we used to take them and we'd put them up on edge and we would roll them. And then when Dad was counting the tithes and offerings and he saw it was short, he said, what happened? So said, well, we lost it. How'd you lose it? Well, we was rolling it. And then next week we showed him what we was doing and well, let's just say we didn't do that no more. And so when I got kids, what did I do? Start doing the same thing. Start training them up. This is what you do. This is how you do it. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have you robbed? Wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Prove me now. Herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So, that's what we're to do, is we're to give the tithe and offering. And we're to do it first, above everything else. And, and don't think of it as a bill. It's not a bill. It is a joy. It's a joy. And then we're, how are we to do it? We're to do it cheerfully. Cheer, that's my attitude. I'm to do it hilariously. I don't pay my bills hilariously. I remember had credit card debt. I'd look at the credit card statement that I hadn't we hadn't put anything on it in a while. We was just working on paying it off and I'd go, I don't remember what, what we bought on this anymore. I remember what's on this thing. What what did we get? There wasn't any joy in that, I can tell you that much. Our example of giving is the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave His life. We read that earlier. We read that grace will show how much you live. I want to read, if you would, over to 2 Peter. Second Peter chapter 3. 
And I want to read this verse here, verse 18. You know, we, 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 we use this verse, people use this verse, and so oh, we'll grow in grace. Well, what in the world is Peter talking about? Growing grace. Brother Crowder told me he's gonna I hope I'm not spilling the beans, but he's gonna preach on grace Sunday. <clears throat> Small subject, I'm sure he'll be able to handle it. But uh growing grace. What about the grace of giving? The grace of giving. Second Peter 3 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Peter's saying, grow in grace. Well, we read in our text, Paul was writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 about the grace of giving that had been bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. That's one of the graces, the grace of giving. The supernatural power that God gave to them at Macedonia. And He gives that to the Bible Baptist Church as well collectively. And He gives it to every one of you individually. There's one fellow, he he was dead before I moved to Kansas. But he uh, he'd give his kids money. He's a grown man. He had grandchildren. And he, he'd give his kids money and he'd call it mission work. He'd pay their bills. And call it mission work. It's ridiculous. And then he'd short the church. Short the Lord. It's the Lord's money for the Lord's work. That's what it is. So I hope that the Lord will help us to grow. And when we have an abundance that will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leadership to help those who are lean and when we're lean, that God will supply for our, our needs. I, and I believe this. When we're in times of abundance, if we don't tend, if we don't follow the Lord's leadership and supply for the needs of others, I believe when we're in lean times, God might leave us in lean times a little longer and say, I, I, I commanded you to go help them and you didn't do it, so I'm going to leave you there just a little bit longer. You're, you're going to learn a lesson. You're going to learn a lesson. 